I was out of control. I say that quite openly now. I lived a life of excess. Whatever food I wanted, I had. Whenever I wanted it, I had it. It's just been a constant battle for pretty much my whole life. Losing weight isn't easy, and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast with me Carl, your host and today I am joined by Lucy. Hi Lucy, how are you today? Hi, I'm good thank you, how are you? I'm doing great and it's a pleasure to have you on the show with us and even more so because you have lost weight in a way that we've not discussed on this podcast before. So before we get into that, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am originally from Gloucester. You can probably tell by the accent. Um, I live with my husband and my two kidlings. I've got a little girl called Pippa and a little boy called Buddy. They're both under the age of four. And I have been on the one-to-one diet by Cambridge Weight Plan since the beginning of July. Uh, And currently I am three stone, seven pounds down. Well, first of all, let me say congratulations, because that's absolutely fantastic. And Thank you. You've lost, so you've lost three stone seven since July this year? Yes. Wow. So that's a very yes. short period of time as well. So It is, and most people are quite shocked by that. And there's always the usual reservations of the quicker you, quicker you lose it, the faster you'll put it back on. Um, but I don't intend to do that. And... I've actually been really fortunate because every week my weight loss hasn't been in the extreme highs. Um, It's been very consistently two, three pounds a week. So it's definitely a case of, for me, slow and steady wins the race. That's great. Which is nice. I I wouldn't say that two or three pounds a week is unhealthy or or too much. I think with a with a good diet that's that's you know a really reasonable way of doing things so congratulations on that and, and we'll get more into that a little later in the episode but perhaps if it would be okay Lucy maybe before we get into that just to go back a bit and, and talk about your journey prior to to losing weight yeah okay um so when I was a teenager I suffered with body dysmorphia um undiagnosed as things so often are um I weighed, I don't know, about eight stone, if that. And I spent most of my teenage years believing I was disgusting, um, overweight, uh, didn't have a lot going for me. My confidence was at an all-time low. And then as soon as I started to earn my own money, I realised that I could buy my own food And instead of trying to better myself, I completely sabotaged myself and it went just downhill from there. And before I knew it, by 2016, I had put on 
about eight stone in the space of seven years. Um, and it was just, it was through overeating, not valuing myself, just having a complete lack of confidence, believing I was overweight and all of that jazz. And that meant I was kind of fulfilling my own prophecy, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it, it does. People around me always said to me, you're not overweight, you look lovely, but, you know, it doesn't make a difference when you feel it in yourself. When you feel that horrible in yourself, it doesn't make a difference what people tell you. Um, I actually tried the Cambridge weight plan in... 2015 when I was only 11 and a half I say only because I would absolutely kill to be 11 and a half stone now mm. um but yeah I was 11 and a half stone I lost about three stone started my teacher training I trained as a primary school teacher and again I just hadn't dealt with any of my emotions any of my feelings of self-worth and I put it all back on and then some. So yeah, between between about 2010, 2011 and 2017, when I met my now husband, I had actually gained, yeah, seven or eight stone, if not a little bit more. So that must have been obviously a very difficult period of your life. Yeah. I was just going to say that from having body dysmorphia from a very young age, and obviously being probably underweight for your height. And I mean, obviously it's very difficult to say exactly how much you should weigh at a certain yeah. age, at a certain height, especially as a child. But from having that to deal with as a young child, as a teenager, to then, like you said, and I think you said fulfilling your own prophecy kind of because of that belief mm -hmm. and then it's starting to happen how did you feel during that time in that transition between being underweight I'll say to, to going and gaining seven or eight stone in in a short space of years do you know what I didn't even notice it if I'm honest um because I already felt overweight and I use the word disgusting which is a horrible word and I would never use it to describe someone else um but at that time, I genuinely felt that about myself. So as the weight crept on, I just didn't notice. I always thought I was bigger than I was. So it just wasn't, it wasn't a shock. Um, because if you've never felt underweight or slim, when you do start to put the pounds on, you don't have this moment where you think oh my gosh what am I doing to myself it just feels like that's the way things were anyway um and it's it was a horrible I look back and I just I was very lonely in myself um I don't speak to my uh, a, a big um I don't speak to my family now basically uh, for various reasons and um Growing up, they weren't very helpful in terms of um, promoting any kind of self-confidence in myself. 
So they used to perpetuate feelings of being overweight and not worth unworthy. Um, so as the weight crept on, it's a weird one. It just doesn't feel. I just didn't notice it. That's the that's the best way I can think to describe it. It just it was how I was feeling anyway. If that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. As much as I am able to to appreciate it from somebody who's not suffered from body dysmorphia so you know I, i'm i don't want to say yeah i completely understand because i think it's impossible yeah. unless you've been in that situation but what i'm hearing from from how you've described it is that you you could be at any size but because you you see through your feelings about yourself mm -hmm. it's almost irrelevant because you, you, you saw yourself the same at every weight. So regardless of whether you were underweight, overweight, you, you still had that perception of yourself, which, yeah. like you said, eventually became the reality as you gained weight. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, self-fulfilling prophecy. It was happening. I thought my body was a certain way and it eventually became that. Um, and... Um, you know, I was out of control. I've, I say that quite openly now. I lived a life of excess. Whatever food I wanted, I had. Whenever I wanted it, I had it. Um, and yeah, it's just been a constant battle for pretty much my whole life. Um, like I said, no matter how many people tell you that it's like when people say oh, you look really pretty, if you don't feel it, it doesn't matter what people tell you. No, um, that makes sense. Doing that comparison, I, I I can understand that because it comes yeah. down to your own self confidence and how you feel of about course. yourself and 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 if you if you don't have that positivity or or love for yourself, then regardless of how anybody else feels about you, it, it yeah. draws a blank. So so that does make sense. And one question I want to ask Lucy, if I can, because mm -hmm. and I honestly don't know if what the answer would be, which is why I'm curious to ask, is that okay? Was there was as as you gained weight now obviously this was something that you, you you're losing so i'm guessing you're, you're doing it to feel you know better and yeah. have a healthier life but as you were gaining weight and that weight was creeping up because you had this body dysmorphia and this vision of yourself of being like that at any point mm -hmm. was there any kind of relief or feeling that okay at least i i am what i think i am in terms of how i look or how much i weigh no like I've always said happiness is not um, it's not a destination. It's something that's fleeting. You know, it comes and goes, ebbs and flows. Um, and I'm not the per type of person that is going to say that when I was at my heaviest in July at 20 stone, that I wasn't the unhappiest I've ever been. It wasn't. Do you know what? I, I, I'm not sure how to answer this. I just think I really didn't see myself Oh, it's hard to explain. No, it, it, it might not be an easy way to explain it to somebody who's who's not experienced it. And, that, and that's why I said I wasn't sure what the answer would be because I, I was just, it was just something as you were talking about it that occurred to me. And, you know, there doesn't have to be an answer. I don't know if I felt a sense of relief. It's such an ongoing thing when you're putting weight on. You don't ever see the end point. You know it's just going to go up and up and up. But at the same time, because I'd always had these feelings that I wasn't particularly 
I didn't feel good in myself I just it's hard to it's really hard to explain but you just can't see yourself anymore you are just something um you're not your weight you're not this you're not that you are just a thing I don't think I've answered that very well (laughs) no not at all Lucy and and like I said there wasn't necessary there doesn't have to be a definitive answer to that because it's okay. it's tied to emotions it's tied to how you feel and it's very personal so yeah. it, it, and, and often it could even be something that you we when asked about ourselves have never even considered or dug yeah. into and so you know there's no right or wrong answer to that um okay. and and especially when you're trying to explain it to somebody who hasn't been in the same situation as you so i understand you're trying to make it so that I can understand it. But one thing I will say yeah. is that I'm sure and I know that a number of our listeners on the podcast have suffered with body dysmorphia, have had situations similar to yourself. So I can probably listen to everything you're saying and are, are sitting there nodding their head right now Yeah, in yeah. total agreement. So just because it's not been my experience, it doesn't mean that you've explained it wrong or it's okay. it's not understandable. It's just, you know, absolutely perfect, like as you've said it. Thank so you. as we're, we're here to also talk about your success. And so I'm imagining throughout this period of time, 2015, up, mm-hmm. up until then, when you decided that you'd join the Cambridge diet, was there a particular moment during that journey where you said, okay, enough's enough. What, I, I'm going to make a change. Well, the first time I knew I was starting my teacher training, So I knew I've always struggled with being around big groups of people because the feelings um, linked to the body dysmorphia and um, lack of self-confidence and self-worth meant that when I'm in big groups of people, I immediately put myself at the bottom of the ladder in terms of, I know this sounds extreme, but who is worthy and who isn't, who is the best, who isn't, who's, who's the who's the slimmest who isn't who's the smartest who isn't I always immediately put myself at the bottom and I just wanted to give myself the best possible chance I could to feel like I was up there with the rest of them um which I look back and I think is actually really unfair of me to do that on myself and on other people because I did have a lot going for me you know i I worked hard at school. I worked hard to get onto into university, and so I went to University of Bath first of all, and then I worked really blooming hard to get into my teacher training course. I just thought I needed to lose the weight to stand a chance of being confident and having the confidence to be in this group of people and feel like I was just as good as them. So it's a thing of acceptance. Definitely, definitely. I thought if I could look like them, because I automatically assumed that everyone was going to be a size eight, um, that no one would look like how I looked, because as I say again, I I didn't look very pleasant. Um, So I just assumed that in order to get in with them, I'd have to be like them, and that would mean losing weight. And that's when I decided to do the Cambridge diet, first of all. And it was successful. And I lost the weight. I started the PGCE. And for the first month or so, it worked. And then old habits crept in. 
I realized that the only thing I had worked on was my weight and nothing else. You know, my mindset hadn't changed. As soon as I started to feel inferior to everyone else, the same old habits, the same eating habits particularly crept in, the same ways of thinking. And as I said earlier, not only did I put it, put the weight I'd lost back on in a short period of time, but I gained more than I ever have. And lots of people would say, it's the diet. You lost it so quickly. It's so intense. You were bound to put it all back on. And what I would say to those people is it wasn't the diet. It was me. It was me not believing in the plan, me not having faith in my consultant, me not having any faith in myself. And if I'm honest, I thought I knew better. You know, I hit my goal weight and I was like, woohoo, pizza tonight, McDonald's tomorrow. I can just go back to being exactly the same person I was before, but slim. That doesn't sound silly at all. And that's something that you kid yourself. And I've talked about this before when I stopped smoking. After mm. six months of not having a cigarette, I went out on a Friday night. I don't smoke anymore. I can have a cigarette. No problem. Oh. Biggest mistake ever. I mean, this was years yeah. ago. And I, I don't smoke. Yeah. I haven't smoked for years. But, but well, well done. it's telling yourself, oh, because I don't smoke anymore. I, I can have a cigarette. It's not going to be a problem. And the thing is, when you lose the weight, you kind of give yourself almost like that buffer of being like, well, it's a fine now. One pizza won't hurt. Like you say, take away here. I've lost the weight. You, you feel like you're kind of invincible at that stage. For a short time, I felt the most confident I'd felt in ages. The problem was as well, I'd started this PGCA and I wanted to be like everyone else. That was why I lost the weight. And when I started, no one else was on a diet. No one else ate particularly healthily. You know, every lunchtime, it was let's go to the canteen. Every break time, it was let's go to the vending machine. And it was just that thing again of... I was, what, mid-twenties, late-twenties, and I just wanted to fit in. And I know that sounds like such a, a teenage thing, but when you're lonely, you haven't really got a supportive family in place. Feelings of loneliness and wanting to be accepted by other people are very, very real. And I thought losing the weight, I would feel it and be accepted, which I was, but I wasn't accepted because I'd lost the weight. I was accepted because of who I was. And then... Unfortunately, I did what they all did, which was ate and kept eating and I didn't stop. And that's where the issue was. The more I got stressed, the more I ate. My mental health took an absolute beating when I did my PGCA. And once again, because I hadn't dealt with it sooner when I first did plan, uh, first thing I did was overeat and I just kept doing it. I kept eating my emotions. You know, I, I, I think I pretty much, a the emotions of everyone around me as well it was just a constant I can't control anything else but I can control what goes into my body and I choose this this and this to go in so there the way you've just described that there's two points I want to come back to if I can please but okay yeah sure you, you said that the one thing you could control was what you put into <laughs> your body yeah but really that's almost it sounds as though that was a false sense of security that you could control it because it sounds as though you were out of control in terms of what you were putting into your body absolutely it's um it's weird because on plan now I would say that this diet gives me so much control and I'm I'm someone that needs not to be in control of other people but I need to be in control of myself um and this plan gives me that and it's 
But it's undeniable that back then I felt that what I was eating, I was in control. This is something I'm choosing. This is something that's helping me. And yet, like you say, it really wasn't. I was completely out of control. But for some reason, the the comfort of knowing that when I felt like, you know, not very good, I could have this food and for that second I would feel better. That was a weird form of control. And that was what was getting me through. And that is why I continued to do it. Because where I felt so stressed and so down and my depression had reached, you know, really high levels, the first thing I do is try and grab some control somewhere, gain some control. And in a weird way, being able to eat what I wanted, that was me feeling in control of something. However, in hindsight, I wasn't in control at all. And that makes sense. And that's what I wanted to clarify because I I wasn't completely sure. And and the other point as well is about acceptance. And and I want to come back back to this also for the people listening because... I've experienced this myself that you feel that you have to be a certain way to be accepted. You have to Mm -hmm. act a certain way, speak a certain way, do certain things to get the approval of the Mm -hmm. people around you that you seek. If you, if you're lacking in confidence Mm -hmm. and and you said that when you lost the weight, you were accepted. But I think the curious thing about this is that you were probably accepted from the very first day, but it wasn't until you had lost weight and allowed yourself to feel that acceptance from other people that it actually really then made an impact or or you allowed it to resonate? Absolutely. Um, You know, I stand firm on this. You are not accepted by people because of the way you look or how much you weigh. As cliched as that sounds, it is true. I was a very different person back then and I had very different views on the world. You know, this is pre pre-babies, pre-husband. Like I said, I was very lonely. And I thought I would get acceptance from looking like everyone else, even though everyone looked so different. I know now that it was my personality and the fact that, you know, I showed up, I worked hard. I was very capable in terms of my teacher training. But for some reason, prior to starting, I just believed that the only thing that would make me fit in would be weighing a few stone less. And yet the weight I started at, like I said earlier, I look back and I think I would love to be that weight now. But at the time I thought I was, you know, morbidly obese. So yeah, it's acceptance and feeling a part of something. When you have weight issues, you do tend to always attribute it to your weight. When you've got this weight issue, body dysmorphia and things like that, so many things come down to your weight when in reality they don't but you can't help but feel like that people will like me if I'm slimmer I was single back then and I genuinely used to think if I was slimmer men will like me more my husband met me when I was 18 and a half stone I met him um and he fell in love with me (laughs) so That's it. It just goes to show I had a very skewed version of myself and how things worked. And Lucy, I'd love to, I I know we've spent more time on your backstory than in most of the episodes, but I think it's been very important to talk about this because I I imagine 
some of the feedback I get on the podcast is how people relate to the situation that that you were in because to keep yeah. in keeping in mind that the majority of the, the listeners that I've spoken to and interacted with are people who are currently on a journey to lose weight um, mm-hmm. and you know they, they either want to start or they're looking for advice or, or motivation to to lose weight and, and start their journey so I think it's great to go into this in detail because I'm sure there's lots of people who share the same feelings and experience okay. and they're probably still there um, so mm-hmm. I, I think it's very powerful the message that you're sharing here and okay, thank you. I'm going to ask one question yeah. on this side of it and then we're going to focus on the positives and everything that's happened Deal. since okay Deal. okay so and this is quite a personal question so tell me to my own business if you want to <laughs> go for it so you met your husband when you yeah. were a, a higher weight yeah do you think that has helped you than if you would have met him when you had just lost all of that weight and then gained it again in terms of the confidence of the way you feel? Absolutely. When I met my husband, if I'd have lost weight and then met him and then known that it was very likely that I could put the weight back on, I would have always wondered if he would still love me if I'd gained weight. You know, you hear this all the time, people people worrying that their partners won't stick around if they don't look the same as they did when you first met them. But because I met George when I was heavier and he fell in love with me for me, it has always given me like a... George has always been the key to my confidence, if that makes sense, because he is the first person that I fell in love with and in my whole life the first person I fell in love with and the first person I felt with every inch of his body had fallen in love with me and to this day he makes me feel so loved whatever size I am whatever shape whatever you know however my head is working he is a constant and um I'm thankful that I met him when I hadn't just lost the weight because I would have always had that worry in my mind. Now, I'll be honest, Lucy, I've just led you down a bit of a path there because I was kind of expecting you to say that or hoping you would say that at least. And I wasn't going to cut it out even if you didn't. And the reason is, and again, focusing on people listening to this podcast because the fact that you met him at a moment when you were more vulnerable and mm-hmm. he fell in love with you and he loves you and and no matter what he loves you for you mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people who have gained weight or met their partners and gained weight since that's happened have those doubts have those concerns yeah. have those worries do they still love me does he love me does she love me because I look different than I did and I think one of the biggest points is most of the time the answer is yes they still Absolutely. love you for you but I think one of the biggest concerns people have is that, and that's a huge knock to the confidence. So, so I wanted to hear that and I wanted my, my listeners to hear it as well. There's <laughs> a way of just saying, listen, if, if, if your partner still loves you and tells you that, I know you might be going through a difficult moment. I know you might feel awful and, and desperate to, to make a change, but just know that deep down that, you know, you still have that person who's completely there for you, who completely loves you and, and completely wants the best for you in any occasion and and lean on them to get that support because I think something that happens too often is people push away the people closest to them when they feel vulnerable or they don't feel happy with Mm -hmm. themselves 
when really that person Absolutely. could be there to help you. So you, you lost the weight during your, your teacher training, you gained the weight, you met George and mm -hmm. this year, and, and I'm going to ask if there was a reason why this year, why this July, you made a decision to, to join the one-to-one -one diet and, and what had perhaps happened just in the last few months of this year up until that moment and when you decided, right, okay, I'm going to start losing weight. Okay, so we went on a holiday to the Isle of Wight and I have never been someone who has let being overweight stop me from doing things. I will pop my swimming costume on and I will get in the sea because it's one of my favourite things to do. I will shove myself into that roller coaster seat if I need to. You know, it never stopped me. So there wasn't a point where I got, where I decided enough is enough in terms of I'm sick of not having these moments it was much it was much more a case of being a mum of two being a wife I'm also a stay-at-home mum um you know I'm with my kids constantly the only adults I speak to in the day tend to be my husband and my mum and it got to the point where I just was desperate for something for me I I wanted that control back and I'm not really 100% sure what it was, but after holiday, we came back and I just said, I want to go on a diet. I want to lose some weight. I want to be different because this sounds mad, but I think I was a pretty awesome person to begin with <laughs> in terms of... I can see that. I've been through the ringer. We've not had it easy. My daughter was born with gastroschisis, rah, rah, rah. We have had a tough few years. Actually, since being with George, I have my confidence has increased. I feel very loved, rah, rah, rah. However, I just wanted something that was mine. I wanted to do something for me. I wanted to make a positive change. And if I'm honest, weight was the thing that I thought, I can do that. Why don't I do it? Why don't I challenge myself to be a little bit healthier? I always thought there was room for improvement. However much I had confidence in myself and this and that, I always thought there was room for improvement because there's little things when you're overweight, like I've written about it on Instagram before, like not being able to shave your legs very easily. And since having the kids, I really let myself go. You know, I don't get my hair done. I never get my nails done. And I just hoped that losing a bit of weight would give me that kick up the jacksy I needed to start looking after myself a bit more and focusing on me and not just, do my kids look nice? Are they clean? Are they fed? Are they loved? Is my husband happy in his job? Is this, this, this? I wanted to give a little bit of strength back to myself and weight loss is one of the ways I, I knew I could achieve that. That makes sense. And and from you talking as well about the, the control that you needed to have and that almost being the the catalyst for all the other things that you felt could be positive um, and, and your own. And, and I think we were talking briefly before recording this episode about how, you know, your, your focus, I was moaning about my kids, not moaning about my kids, but moaning. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I wasn't. No, I, I, was, I was saying it, it's tiring and it's difficult. And one of the things about them getting older is that my wife and I are managing to, to get our lives back and actually think about ourselves mm. a bit more. So that makes perfect sense that you wanted to do that and something for yourself. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I can completely understand that. I mean, I've never had trouble shaving my legs, but then again, I've never <laughs> shaved my legs. 
Um, but when you have trouble, you it was things like I had trouble shaving my legs, um, things like I used to love having a bath. I wasn't able to do that. And he thought, it's not stuff, a lot of people will mention things to do with their kids, like that they're, they're not, haven't got an, as much energy running around with their kids and stuff like that. And yeah, that was the case, but I always pushed myself and I always, I was always still that mum. You know, I was the first one on the slide and this and that, no matter what size I am. It was the things just for me, not being able to have a bath, not being able to paint my toenails, not being able to shave my legs very easily, and just the complete lack of self-care. And that's when I just thought, let's lose weight. Brilliant. So what did you do next? So I knew that the one-to-one diet worked for me. I always had fond memories of it. Because again, like we've mentioned, the feeling of being in control and having some consistency and reliability. Also, when I decided that I wanted to lose weight again, I'd had enough of food. We'd just been on holiday and we'd eaten what we wanted again. And when you when you can when you eat in excess and you just keep on eating, keep on eating, things just you don't taste anything anymore. I wasn't enjoying it. And the thought of having another takeaway was just like, oh, my life is never going to change. I'm going to be stuck as this same person forever. So I got in touch with a consultant and got started on plan. I found, and I'll be completely honest, my first consultant wasn't the right fit for me. And that's key with this plan is finding that support that is going to fit with who you are. I personally decided to go with someone who had more experience. And if I'm honest, I felt I needed to go with someone who knew what it was like to be overweight. And I know that might sound patronizing, but that's just the way it was. Uh, So I changed consultants. And then three weeks in, my husband got made redundant. Next day, my consultant said, would you like to be a consultant? I said, yes, please. She said, I think you'd be really good at it. You know, light at the end of the tunnel. And since the 27th of July, I haven't come off plan once. Congratulations. Thank you. I always say I'm, I sound like perfect Peter, or Peter Perfect from Horrid Henry. But I made a choice and I knew that if I wanted to lose weight, And if I wanted to be a good consultant, then I had to show people, you know, I couldn't just talk the talk. I had to walk the walk. I live my life in the way that I don't like to feel fraudulent in any way. And I couldn't wholeheartedly, and I say this to my my lovely slimmers all the time, and I say this to people, you know, outside of Cambridge that I support on on Instagram. um, I couldn't sit there and tell people to do something that I'm not doing myself. I just wouldn't. I can't lie. I, I'm, I'm, I'm as honest as they come. But that has been a massive reason for me losing the weight and keeping going because I see these people doing it with me and I think I can't let you down because I really want you to get to where you need to be. It's giving you a purpose then? An absolute purpose. For the past four years, I, I'm not going to say I was just a mum because I think that is so... It's such an understatement to describe someone as just being a mum. But I was a stay-at-home mum. And like I said, I didn't speak to anyone day in, day out. I'm now speaking to numerous people every day. And I'm actually helping them. And not just that. In a selfish way, I'm helping myself as well. In this past 15 weeks, 
my life has changed in terms of the weight loss, in terms of the feelings of being isolated, in terms of where I am in my life and what my my future looks like. And it sounds as though by by first of all joining back and doing something for you, and now you're doing something not just for you but for a number of other people as well. Mm-hmm. That's giving you purpose. That's giving you drive to continue each week mm-hmm. yeah. and the results are there and you said you've been on plan now for 15 weeks I think it was I think it's absolutely fantastic you know that you you have taken I mean and I'm, I'm gonna guess again and tell me if I'm wrong but the fact that you train to be mm-hmm. a teacher is that you you like to help people you want to you, you want to support people and really share what you have inside of you to help others grow which is essentially why te- people are drawn to being a teacher. And and this is very similar, but just in a different setting, I think that yeah. you, you are working with people who want to make a positive change in their life and you're helping to enable them to do that. But it just so happens at the same time, you're, you're helping yourself as well. It's a, it's a definite win-win. I'd like to think I would have stuck to plan had I not become a consultant because people do, and I've done it before. I probably would because... I'm the type of person that I don't do things by halves. (laughs) If I'm into something, I give it my all, you know, there's no, there's no halfway house. It's, it's all in, but yeah, being a consultant and helping others and supporting them and just feel like you're doing something is the best feeling. And I'm forever thankful to this plan and to my, my own sponsor, my own consultant for allowing me to do that. So Lucy, you, you've you've done amazing, and you know, as I said at the beginning of this episode, this is the first time we've had somebody from the one-to-one diet or Cambridge diet, as I think it was formerly known. So, yeah. could you just give an overview of what that is? Because I, I think for some of our listeners, especially those outside of the UK, if if it's a plan that's only within the UK, they won't be familiar with what that includes. Okay, so the one-to-one diet is a step-based plan. It's based on meal replacement products, but how many you have and whether you still include conventional food is very much dependent on which step you're on. So it starts at step 1A and goes up to step 6, which is maintenance. I started on step 1B, which is four meal replacement products per day. And that's from a wide range of shakes, soups, smoothies, um, There's bars, porridges, little meals, all kinds of things. I have my four products a day. And then you drink at least 2.25 litres of water a day. That's basically it if you're on step 1B. Uh, So conventional food is not included. You can look at that one of two ways. So you either look at it as that must be blooming hard, cutting out conventional food, how do you do it? Oh, you're starving yourself. Trust me, I have heard so many negative things. However, you also get people in the camp of, thank God I can cut out conventional food and just give myself a break from having to think about what I'm eating. I personally have found, because my relationship with food was previously so distorted and I did live a life of excess and having what I wanted when I wanted, I actually found this gives me more control. It gives me a sense of stability. It's reliable and it's easy. I also flip between step two, which does introduce conventional food. Now, it blows my mind that I am choosing to have 
chicken and veg versus a McDonald's. I can participate on step two. I can go out with family. It was my daughter's birthday last week. I was able to have a meal that was step two friendly. It was healthy. I made good choices. It was a it was a steak and grilled vegetables. You know, the meal replacement products become less and less as you move up the steps. Uh, and then you get to maintenance which again is a step all into itself where you learn even more about what you should be eating to maintain the want, the weight that you want to stay at. I feel very much in control, which is very different to how I previously felt. I was just about to say, it sounds like you hit a big reset button. Yes, massive. Re- that's a really good way of putting it. Massive reset button. And the interesting thing about this, and I'll be completely honest with you, Lucy, I I think it's fair that we level with each other. The little knowledge I did have of the Cambridge diet and one-to-one diet, of it being a liquid-based, I didn't realise it was to begin with only. I I wasn't aware of the different steps. Yeah, most people aren't. I, I had my reservations about whether or not having meal replacement products and not eating conventional food, as you've said, whether or not I consider that a safe way of losing weight. And the yeah. reason being, I wasn't aware that it was part of a process to reintroduce yeah. food. And having heard you explain that has already shifted my mentality slightly, knowing that, like I said, you're you're introducing a reset button. Mm-hmm. And then when that food is starting to be reintroduced, like you say, you find yourself looking forward to chicken and vegetables. Whereas for somebody who's gone from overeating, binge eating, living on high fat, greasy fried food to then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. being faced with chicken and vegetables, it's the opposite effect. It's almost like a punishment. Yeah. So it's almost in reverse, which is very interesting. And if if I can ask, is there a a recommended period of time that you stay on that first step of, of meal replacements only before you move on? Or is it as for as long as you feel comfortable? It's a case of you can stay on there as long as you want. We do recommend that you stay on 1B or 1A for 12 weeks at a time. So you have your 12 weeks and then you step up and have a step two week where you reintroduce conventional food. With this diet, the key is listening to what your body needs. There is no set Right, you do step 1A, then you do step 2, then you do step 3. Some people don't even start on step 1A and step 1B. It's very much dependent on your lifestyle, what fits for you, what works for you. So the movement between steps is very much something that you will discuss with your consultant and tailor make to your needs, if that makes sense. And it's working for you and it's working for people in your group who you're a consultant it. for, which is fantastic. So you're seeing the results and you can believe that. And I mean, like I said, I, I quite honestly, hearing you discuss it in more um, depth and the steps, I'm actually going to go away and, and do more research about it. And quite purposely before speaking to you today, I didn't want to go into, I, I wanted to keep the perception I had and discuss it. Because I think it's a yeah. perception that many people probably have and people are they quick do. to judge. So I wanted to, to not, it wasn't a kind of <laughs> to try and trick you by coming on here to kind of question it, but it was just to find out more without prejudging. And, and I think no, you've done a fantastic sense. job of, of explaining Thank that. You. And I'm really happy for you that it's working. Thank you. You're, you know, you're, you're three, three stone, seven lighter in 
the space of a few months, which is incredible. And and I would never have been that. I would never have been that. You know, without this plan, I've tried other diets. This isn't my first rodeo. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's the best thing since sliced bread. It's hard. And and I think that goes back to what we discussed at the beginning of the episode of the. It isn't just about physical weight loss. It's for all of the the mental challenges that come along with it, which are often much harder to get through, get past, understand and and recover from. So I'm I'm really genuinely happy, Lucy, and and very happy that you've come on the show today to discuss this. I'd like to ask, like in in this short time, Mm you said that things have changed you feel much better but can you tell us some of the changes that you've experienced and the way that you feel since losing that weight so I am actually still going through changes I struggle with the changes I um I've lost three and a half stone and I still very much feel like 20 stone me the changes for me have been in terms of having something that's mine being in control of my own body, showing some kind of restraint, but my head is still very much in a place. It hasn't quite caught up with the scales yet. And unfortunately, you've got me (laughs) mid-journey. And that takes time. But so far, just, I mean, I run my own business now. I know that's not necessarily a weight loss thing, but without the diet, I wouldn't have been able to say that. And I very much pride being a consultant on the fact that I am doing it myself. This is my journey too. And um, yeah, just a bit more confidence and self-worth. Self-worth is a biggie for me. Feeling like I'm actually contributing within my family, contributing to society. I know that sounds very, you know, extreme. Absolutely true, though. I've actually got a purpose. I wake up in the morning and I think I've got something to do that's mine. And that's the weight loss as well. Every day when I'm thinking, and I do have moments where I think, oh, gosh, I can't take it. And then I think to myself, no, this is yours. You're doing it. Be proud. Think how much you've achieved. And that is priceless. I think it's amazing. I really do. Because this is for you. And... You're, you're winning on so many levels and and like i said earlier congratulations for that lucy because really it's it's you said i think you even apologized but i've caught you mid-journey which <laughs> quite honestly i'm glad i have because for one it's a, a good reason to invite you back on the show in the future oh yeah um if you'd be willing to come back and always also because i think it's it's very easy for people who have a journey in front of them to hear the fabulous success stories of people who have reached their objective. And I always try and keep things balanced on here. And then part of the reason of doing this podcast is because I don't want people to feel that the only success stories are the ones we see on Instagram of people who, you know, have absolute model bodies and have probably (laughs) never really suffered in their life. And in in those terms, So, so to try and paint a more realistic picture of just normal everyday people who have gone through that journey or are going through that journey. So there's definitely no discrimination against having somebody who's still on that journey because you've achieved so Good. much already. And Thank I, I, you. I'm not sure, do you, do you have a target? Is that part of a plan that you follow to set a target weight or 
How so does you that set work? mini targets. So with someone like me, I started at 20 stone and my end target, which uh, I'm quite open about is it's not, it's not a definite, but my target is 10 stone. The only reason being it's half of what I was. There's no particular logic to it. I don't, I have that in mind, but I'm very much the type of person that when I start to feel, you know, I'm being, I, I'm able to fit in things that I would never have previously worn and I'm feeling more comfortable and confident in myself, then I will stop. But on this plan, I try and encourage my slimmers and I know my consultant encouraged me to have mini goals because that road is long, you know, 20 stone to 10 stone. It's a long road. It's a roller coaster ride. And you do have points where you think, oh my gosh, why am I bothering? It's it, it's never ending. So you need to set mini targets. And like my first target was to weigh less than I did after I had my daughter because I lost half, uh, one and a half stone in that pregnancy through various things. And that was the lowest I'd been in quite a few years. And I hit that target. And then my next target is to weigh less than 15 stone, just because I can't remember the last time I've, I've weighed less than 15 stone. It's been a long time. You need to have these mini goals because you need to keep that motivation going. It's, it's important to work towards something always, um, not just in weight loss, but but I, I'm a strong believer in setting goals in, in my career and all kinds of yeah. things that I do. I, I think it's always good to, to assess your goals and have a look at them and plan the next one and whether for you you feel great at 12 stone and decide yeah that's great whether it's 13 stone 14 stone nine stone it's all about how you feel and i I would really love to have you back on the show to find out how your journey is continuing um oh thank you i'd love to come back on and i'm sure i've got more stories to tell and and you know it's full of ups and downs and god i could talk about it till the cows come home it's something that i hope has come across i am ridiculously passionate about and i like to think that i do do it in an honest way i was just about to actually say thank you as as you are a consultant and and obviously a representative of the brand for not coming on here and just making it feel like a promotion because it hasn't at all i made a pact when I started my Instagram page that I was going to be brutally honest and I will tell you if there's a product I don't like you know I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say the plan's easy everything tastes delicious you will never struggle and the weight will fall off you because that's just not life I'm I'm sure people who are lucky enough to have you as their consultant are, are very grateful for that as well so yeah, thank you, Lucy, for, for coming on and, and talking about it in a, a very open-minded way and a very balanced way as well. That's appreciated. And absolutely, I'd love people to visit your Instagram because I have had a look on there and I'm going to spend some more time researching it now for the mindset of you being a, a consultant and, and getting into yeah, it a bit more in, it. in that because it is interesting. So what is your Instagram account name, please? So it's at one-to-one and then it's underscore happy tummy dot happy mummy perfect thank you and i always get people to say it on the podcast but i always put the link in there as well and share it on my instagram so people will be able to find you and i'm sure if anyone has questions they're more than welcome to reach out to you as well yeah of course absolutely i love answering questions i really do (laughs) okay excellent well there's your opportunity for anyone who's listening and would like to ask lucy some questions by all means please do 
And finally, yes. Lucy, I'd just like to ask, what advice would you offer people who are perhaps wanting to start a journey or currently listen to this and wondering, you know, how do they lose weight that they want to? I would say you need to find what works for you. Don't listen to anyone else. Don't do it because anyone else has told you to do it. You will only be ready when you're ready. And when you are, you find the plan that works for you and you dig deep. You step outside your comfort zone. And like I always say to my slimmers, you have that why. The why is so important. If it's fitting into a pair of jeans, if it's because you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, whatever, have that why, put it on your fridge and look at it day in and day out so you don't forget why you're putting yourself through this <laughs> because it's hard. But like I said earlier, you are harder, you are stronger and the only person in, standing in your way is you at the end of the day, no one else. That's really inspiring. And especially having heard your whole backstory and everything you've been through, Lucy, congratulations and, and well done to you. So Lucy, you've told us your story. I'm very, very happy and proud to welcome you as a weight loss warrior. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And we will have you back on the show in the future, I promise. That would be lovely. I would love to do a little update. And um, yeah, just good luck to everyone else, basically. That's really kind of you. Thank you so much, Lucy, and it's been a pleasure. Take care. Thank you, and you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.